Jessica and Ron. Hi, boys. <laughs> it's the tambourine twins. We just wanted to call and leave our first message for you. Just wanted to call and say, hey, Astro died at Stampede. Uh, <laughs> shittiest bar ever. Don't go. Even if you can drink, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your host, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, keeping it together this time. (laughs) What's up there, Wackerly? I see that you recovered from uh, NogFest 2009. Yeah. We've had a couple days. How was uh, your Christmas? I I vow to remain coherent this time. (laughs) We'll see if it works. Well, I think it's. I, th- I think that's going to happen. It's feasible because we don't have any nog here this time. Right. It's just, just nog is one time a year. Yeah, but we have the whiskey. <laughs> we do have the whiskey. I don't think it's the egg or the nutmeg or the buttermilk that creates incoherency in the podcast. I always thought it was that mixture, that delicate balance oh, of whiskey it? and Maybe nog that just takes you over the edge. Like you're saying. And the, the Yuletide the egg, glee, the Yuletide the egg glee, and the nutmeg sort of catalyze the alcohol. It just, glee, I think it just definitely. enhances it, and then with the Yuletide Glee and the Santa hat, okay. just everything right. just went Are crazy. Are you feeling gleeful right now? You know, I'm actually not uh, not overly gleeful, but it, it, it's, it's, you know, I Are still kind of have the... Gleeful? No, I, I have the, you know, it's still kind of... Okay. This is like the, that cusp between Christmas and New Year's, just still holidays, uh-huh. but Christmas is done, Now, thankfully. what is a cusp again? Is it that little piece of skin between your shaft and your balls? This is the taint. <laughs> This is the taint. This okay. is the t- you know, the, and one end you have Christmas and one end you have New Year's. We're in the taint region. We're in the taint region. I kind of like the taint region. It's like the eye of the hurricane. Well, I so, what what I like about it, yeah, exactly. It's just like you know, it's still people are still taking this week off from work. You still kind of feel like oh, it's sort of yeah. like the holidays. You're not right. really back, you know, doing your regular routine yet. Yeah, it doesn't smell awful like balls, and it doesn't smell awful like ass. It's kind of an in between awful smell. It's a, it's an in between. It's the taint. Are we talking about real taints or some metaphorical taint again? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, Wackerly, did you end up having a four-day weekend for Christmas? Yeah, I believe so. I think I might have done a little bit of work on Thursday, but not much and not good. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was kind of nice having – that's the one thing. It's like, of course I hate Christmas by you know my, uh, my uh, religious background. Uh-huh. And uh, growing up as a Jew, just you learn to just – it, 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 they cultivate a hatred for Christmas. The Jews or just everybody? The Jews. I blame the Jews for right. it, the Zionists. And uh, yeah, they, they come back and they, you know, they come at you and they just they, they make you develop this intense hatred, loathing for Christmas. Right. And I, th- I think it's just because that's what Jews are. You know, they're just... Loathers? No, they're soulless creatures that uh, <laughs> have no mercy or compassion <laughs> like, on anyone like else. Like in true blood. <laughs> um, but, no, but anyway, the one thing I do appreciate is I, I enjoy the time off. You get time off of work. Well, for me, it's like it's not official time off. Well, you know, you get Christmas and New Year's Day off, but even in between, it's kind of like our office is sort of closed, but I don't officially have the day off. 
So I'm like firing off emails with no punctuation and like a swear word thrown in here or there. And you're just kind of like, oh, oh, sorry. It's the holidays. I'm not, you know, this is a half It's a period effort. of limbo. That's yeah, what it is. Right. It's a period of limbo. But you don't really have to return people's calls. You'd be like, oh, I was, I was out, you know, removing the tinsel from my apartment window. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, and, and that's one thing I do like about it, too, is walking around seeing everybody chuck their Christmas trees out on the sidewalk. Right. And then the crackheads lighting just, them on fire. <laughs> or laying. Or laying on the tree. Yes. I always find that kind of nice. But one thing I am looking forward to is New Year's this year, which is strange because I also loathe New Year's. New Year's Eve is such a perennial letdown. Every year, right. you know, you feel obligated to go out. You right. don't, but I do. No. I, feel, I feel obligated to go out and have fun and just have this party. You have the, these expectations. It's all built you up. You have the expectations. Well, it's all built up. You think it's going to then I've removed myself from the expectation cycle. But every year it's such a letdown. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and not if I not if I plan for it to be anything other than. Exactly, and that's my mentality. That's my right. rationale this year. Is I'm gonna I'm, write a book called The Zen of Wackerly. <laughs> the Zen of Wackerly. That should be it. Don't expect don't New Year. Don't ever expect anything to be cool ever. <laughs> that's it. I don't even need a book. <laughs> Including sex. But no, you know, I'm not looking forward to New Year's. Eve per se, but what I right. am looking forward to uh-huh. is the end of 2009. You're and the end of this wretched the new decade. Year. The new I'm, year. I'm looking forward to, you know, 2009 was a horrible year for everyone. Now, before we get a billion know it all emails and calls and posts on the forum, we know that there's some di- what difference of opinions about whether 2010 is the beginning of the tens or the end of the aughts. Or it's aught one. But or, yeah, a- as we normally deal with these types of you know technicalities and, and very detailed issues, we don't really give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all intents and purposes, it's the end of the decade. And yes, next year we'll do another show where we're talking about how it's the end of the decade. So just deal with it. Yeah, just, I mean, it, it's our own interpretation. Post your tits on the forum and shut the fuck up. It's the whole point of the show, if you but, haven't understood by but now. But seriously, though, you got to admit, this year sucked. It sucked for everybody. We had record unemployment, record home foreclosures. You know, we're still yes. in the midst of a recession. Uh, right. we're, we're, we're starting a whole new war. Right. I, I thought the wars were, were ending. As a Kenyan look- communist who's president. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was a horrible year for everybody. <laughs> Except for the Somali pirates. They're the only people that had a good year this year. Well, dude, we got a sponsor, a dildo sponsor for the show this year. Oh, yeah, that did come around Started this year. making that money. Yeah, I, I guess we did get <laughs> AdamandEve.com. Oh, okay, all right. There were some ups and downs, but <laughs> right. I'd say for the most part, it was pretty much a downer of a year. Right. I would say in general that the Sick and Wrong podcast is a contrary indicator for just the general state of affairs. The general in the state world. of affairs for 2009, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just. At any time, any time in history, if we're doing well in the Sick and Wrong podcast, <laughs> the stories are rolling in, everything's disgusting, we're laughing our asses off. It means it's, that problems for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's the whole nature of the show. Right. But think about it, though. Not only 2009, this entire decade has right. sucked. It's probably been the worst decade. Has it been the worst decade of your life thus far? Very likely, yes. I think it might be. What would have been? What would we have been doing in the beginning? I guess I just moved out to, to the Bay Area at the beginning of the decade. Wait, okay, but I find myself here at the end of the decade, mid-30s, which isn't cool. Right. And, I, I mean, and you know, I, of course, I guess I am employed, thankfully. 
but for so, now. Uh, you know, but yeah, for now. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just in this past decade, though, I've went from being laid off because we had. Didn't remember the recession we had at like two thousand. The dot com failure. Yeah, the dot com bust. Okay, so that started off the decade. Yeah. Then uh, 2001, we get 9 11. Right. Thus changing changing traveling forever. And now we have to, we rem- have we have to remember forever. You can never forget. I got that to deal Dude, with. Dude, eight years of the biggest asshole president ever. Mm, debatable, but okay. But, 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 but I mean, eight years of that man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was horrible. I'm just saying. It was, you know, a, it was Taft. Um, that guy was an asshole. <laughs> but it was almost embarrassing to be an American abroad because you'd travel and be like, yeah, he is yeah. our president. I didn't vote for him. Okay, it's I good, didn't vote for him. I don't travel abroad. <laughs> <laughs> but all I'm saying, it's like I'm looking forward you know, to midnight uh, this Thursday on the, on the, you know, uh, on the 31st Yeah. just so this decade and this year can come to an end. You're going to kick old man 2009 in his ass and say – Give him the finger. Don't let like, the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that I'm a little worried about, and and, and this happened uh, from Christmas Day, and I knew this was going. I knew this was going to. It's like, a Christmas miracle. It, but this isn't a Christmas miracle. This, well, it was a Christmas miracle actually. It was a Christmas miracle that took place on Christmas. But I think this is going to make change the tide for the worse starting oh, this new decade. Right, I agree. Air travel has been horrible. The past 10 years. Yeah. Well, I guess not even 10 years. Since since 9 11, since 2001. 2001. Airline travel. For purposes, the entire decade. Yeah. Airline travel has changed immeasurably. Right. And it's not going to go back. In fact, I think it's going to take a turn for the worse. And the reason being is because this 23 year old Nigerian prick named Farouk Abdul Matalab, who tried to detonate an explosive on an international flight in Detroit, Michigan on Christmas Day. In his panties. Yeah, in his manties. He's a panty bomber. He's a panty bomber, yes. I wouldn't even call those manties. Did you see them? I mean, they cut him off the guy and took pictures. They look like granny panties. But the the worst part about that picture, I guess the the, the most fear-inducing part, is the whole crotch is burnt off. Right. So this dude's nuts were just completely roasted off. And they took that sort of dick cheese looking explosive out and showed it to the camera. It's really disgusting. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it blows my mind that the guy would be, you know, that the terrorist overlords give him this, these bomb panties. And he's like, all right, cool. Nut bomb. All right. right. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully it blows up, bef- you know, and I don't feel anything rather than having my nuts being completely burned off. He was college educated, too. So I don't know what his problem is. I mean, I can see telling some retarded, illiterate peasant that, uh, you know, this is going to work fine. You're going to die. You won't know what happened to you. And then you'll be able to take your gigantic spirit cock up to fuck your 75 virgins or 79 or 3 or Well, what blows 12, my mind whatever, about, what is it? about this guy, though. White raisins. <laughs> well, we were warned about this guy. Like this yes. guy's own father. Not called- me specifically. No, but this guy's own father I don't called like any the Nigerian CIA. People, just in general, but <laughs> but his own father called the CIA and said, "Yeah, you know, I think my son has some ties to some terrorist organizations. He's thinking about doing a suicide bomb. You guys should be aware of this." Right. He was on the no-fly list, but yet no one noticed. You want to know why? Because in Nigeria, they have no airport screening. They have no security. Well, they have Mbutu, the village witch doctor. Dude, it's it's some big guy with like a peacock feather and a hyena. And if the hyena doesn't go crazy and you know bite your leg off, they're like, okay, he has no bombs. Don't they like whip? Just go a, through. Don't they like wave a chicken at you? Its head's been cut off, and if the blood you know doesn't touch your face, that means you're a terrorist. 
You can bring a decapitated chicken on the plane as your carry-on. Oh. And they don't even care. It makes a swell handbag. Decapitated animal, they're like, oh, that's fine. That's your new carry-on. Just bring it up there as long as it can fit in the overhead compartment. <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's you know, it, blew, it or, blew my mind. Or in front of your feet. That's yeah, <laughs> just underneath the chair. Yeah. But I was looking at, uh, I think I was watching NBC News or something, and Nightly News, and they had a video of the 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 air the airport in Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos. And it, there was nothing. I mean, there was, was no it made security. Of Legos? <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were, it was like a third world market of people like you know going around selling goats and chickens and uh-huh. haggling with each other, playing dice in the corner and dominoes, right. walking to and from through security. So this guy obviously had the genital bomb intact, walked right through security, gets on the plane, flies to Amsterdam where they should have checked the dude. I don't know, dude. I, th- I think you go through security in Nigeria, and they're like, <laughs> and then you fly to Amsterdam, and the dude's like, oh, yes, oh, you you look fine. Just go on. I, you want the hit of this bong? <laughs> Can I hold your decapitated chicken? Nice. <laughs> feels so weird, dude. But so, yeah, okay, I mean, no one, no, no one noticed the guy. He gets yeah. on the plane. Asshole flies to Detroit. And as as luck would have it, the Christmas miracle, the bomb didn't go off. Well, it, it have you seen Detroit his- lately? <laughs> <laughs> you can use some clear-cutting, you know, d- you know, scorched earth treatment. But it burned his genitals, and then, yeah. you know... And Good they, for everyone. That and was... the bravery of the passengers who... Oh, uh, one passenger, a Dutch passenger, to tell you the truth. Yeah, the guy jumped on him. You know, and, uh, Dutch people are coming here and beating up the terrorists. Americans aren't willing to beat up for that price. Well, but, but, you know, in, in America's defense, how many Americans are probably on that flight? Half. Oh, maybe half, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did, you know... They're if, probably stuffing their faces with, you know, peanuts. I know, <laughs> just being like, oh, that guy's crotch is on fire. You know, who cares? Mm-hmm. I do love how uh, the, the media said on Christmas Day that a um, guy had fireworks in his pocket that went off. That's what they said Christmas morning. But by right. Christmas afternoon, they're like, terrorist plot. Okay, we don't want to ruin your Christmas, everybody. But uh, it was a terrorist plot. I'm actually surprised that they were even that quick to call it a terrorist plot. Because with that, like, Nadal Hassan, you know, Fort Hood shooting, it took them at least a week to be like, they're like, well, he's just a mentally unstable person. There's no terrorism involved, blah, blah, blah. And after a week, they're like, well, yeah, he actually was corresponding with, you know, some sheik in fucking, uh, you know, Syria or something like that. Yeah, but I, I think any reader that maybe has been in college has been exposed to critical thinking sees a name like Farouk Abdul Matalab and explosives <laughs> in the same sentence. You think, yeah, this is probably not fireworks. I don't think he had a bunch of black cats in his pocket. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he was lighting a sparkler in Isn't his dick. Isn't it Nigerian <laughs> Independence Day on December 26th? <laughs> so the worst part about this whole thing, and this is what... You know, really, uh, herein lies the rub. This is the part that really bothers me and makes me think that this next day, next decade, this next ten years is going to suck as well. Oh, yeah. Is because well, the failed... I mean, that's just a good bet at any time, <laughs> at any point in time. The next ten years are going to be it from worse, the zen of worse than what came before. <laughs> but the failed terror plot now puts airports on high alert. Right. We were on higher alert before, but now we're on even higher alert. I think we were on elevated alert. <laughs> okay, so we're elevated to high alert. So now orange we're on red, yes. To like. Are we red or are we reddish orange? I think we're like baboons ass purple right now. <laughs> but so, but now, but now think about it, dude. Now it's like you have all these. The TSA, you know, the Transportation Security Administration has no idea what to do now because now we have guys. No, no, like, they, they they didn't have any idea what to do before. Yeah, okay, if they, they had any idea what to do before, this guy never would have gotten the plane. 
They just but, don't, don't say now. Just they have no idea what to do. Okay, they have no idea what to do. The useless ever. organization. Ever. Yeah. They. I mean, it's pure bureaucracy. There's nothing. They can never actually figure anything out. They can never no. make a resolution. No. And they probably have you know thousands of people working there with lifetime pensions and making eighty thousand dollars a year and up. Uh, just basically with their thumbs up their asses. Well, so these people are paid like minimum wage. Oh, well, you mean the, the people on the ground? I'm talking. But they're about, all part of TSA. I'm, I'm talking about the people who are like making the decisions of like what the per- policies and procedures should be. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. Those screeners, you know, they're also wasting a lot of money doing nothing. Well, so now during this two day security clampdown because of this uh, thwarted attempt to bomb the jetliners, right? Uh, In flight restrictions had just completely gone skyrocketed. So now it's up to the captains on each flight to decide whether passengers can have blankets or items on their lap or if they can even move around on the flight. Mm. So some planes were saying all passengers need to keep their hands visible. You're not allowed to listen to iPods. <laughs> I think I would be like the strict, you know, Jehovah's Witness dad driving the family of Rambler type of pilot. <laughs> Like, sit down and shut up and put your hands where I can see them and keep your hands up the other passengers. Or I'm turning this plane around. But dude, we'll okay. go home right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back there. I'll come back there. You don't, you don't have to come back there. Just the hand can come through the cockpit door and bitch slap you. But, okay, flying has sucked horribly the past few years. I mean, I hate it. I loathe flying. I hate, you know, I kind of have, I have like this anxiety about flying before because right. I know for the next five hours... I'm not going to be able to have a cigarette. It's going to completely try my patience. I'm going to be sitting next to some fat sod buster right. who's like, you know, folding. His folds are kind of going, encroaching upon my seat. They're folding upon you. They're folding and folding like upon the blob me. I'm becoming absorbed within his flesh. Osmosis. Uh, exactly. And then, or then you're, you're going to be. All of a sudden, you're having his memories from childhood. Or, <laughs> or then I'm sitting yours. next to, you know, so that guy's on one end, and then fat, talkative old lady on the other end. Yes. You know, and so but the, what I used to do and what most people do to tune out these annoying passengers is you put your headphones in. You listen to Slayer. Well, you, know, you listen to Motorhead and you forget about them. You read a book. There's also always Mother's Little Helpers. <laughs> or well, you can do that too. Booze. But, well, but now, though, think about now. We can't listen to iPods. We can't no. watch movies on it. We can't even have a laptop. I, I believe that. The use of Mother's Little Helper and all her little other friends of various sorts and kinds is going to go way up, don't you? Oh, yeah. People are just going to be all fucked up on the plane now. I'm going to shoot a heroin before I get on the flight. Yeah, you know. Like in the parking lot, shoot a little heroin, get on the flight. Although, think about it. Now it's going to take you two hours to get through security. Who cares? You'll be so fucked up. You'll be nodding (laughs) off in line. The person behind you will be like, go, man, go. Okay, sure. So the TSA did little to explain these new rules, and they said the inconsistency uh, might well have been deliberate. And the problem, the main thing is, here's the rationale. What's confusing to passengers is also confusing to potential terrorists. Right, and also just obscures the fact that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) They don't know any, they they have no idea what to do. I mean, think about it. When uh, a couple years ago, you had that guy read the shoe bomber. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like... All right, everybody's got to take the shoes off now that we're going through there. Yeah, because you know, I could never put security. the I could never put the explosive like in the cuff of my pant or you know under my toupee. Well, oh, it might be my shoe though. That other guy had it in his shoe. Fucking. Well, you dicks. know, I remember thinking about it at the time. I'm like, wow, thank God the guy didn't have a bomb like in his underwear. Mm. Well, now See? look what happened. Did you knock wood? Did you <laughs> knock wood after you said that? Well, now, now look at what you did. Now look what happens. Farouk Abdullah guy here. Yeah. 
Now, what are they going to do? It's like every time you go through the uh, the, the metal detector, they're going to make well, you cup. They're going to cup your balls. Right, they're going to make you D, cough. D, D, quit, quit. I don't uh, want a general quit exam. Speculating because I have the the you know what I have right here. The Department of Homeland Security Transportation Security Administration Aviation Security Directive issued on December 30th, 2009 or wait, no, issued on December 26th, 2009. So this is this is the TSA's directives on this is what they're they're making all the uh, it's not every flight. Bear that in mind. It's any flight operations departing from any foreign location. Toward the United States. Oh, so these are international flights only? Only coming from international locations to the United States. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to read them all because they're tedious as fuck, most of them, but I'll re- we'll read some of them. Uh, these are the, for boarding gate procedures. Uh, they, the airlines and airports are to perform a thorough, thorough pat-down of all passengers at boarding gate prior to boarding, concentrating on upper legs and torso. So wait, they're, they're going to do a full pat-down on your torso? Concentrating, thorough pat-down on upper legs and torso. So, okay, now this is why... Oh, that might not sound so bad. Yeah, but dude, you're going to have Because you've it... seen some... I mean, like, all the TSA workers in San Francisco are, like, Filipino, you know? Some, like, hot Filipino Yeah, but chick. guarantee it's going to be a big, fat Filipino There's dude. no guarantee. <laughs> dude that's going to pat you down, and the hot Filipino mm-hmm. chick is going to pat the chick down. Yeah, but you know how sometimes women... Yeah, like going to a rock, women, a rock women, concert. Okay, women can request a female pat-down person, right? Do they? Yeah, you can. You, yeah, so why I can't I request do. a female? I don't know, because... Uh, That's don't... discrimination. <laughs> I, I request they won't. a hot female Filipino, <laughs> Filipina pat-down person, and I'm wearing loose sweatpants, and I'm free-balling. <laughs> All right? And that's going to come up later on, too. So that's all that I want to say about the boarding gates, though, because everything else is just like they have to thoroughly look through your bags, which they already do, whatever. Um, here's another thing. You know who is exempt from this? Uh, kings, queens, presidents, prime ministers, premiers, presidents, they say that twice, and monarchs. Like, why the fuck should they be exempt? If you're so god-awful special and, like, you know, holy and holier than all the other people, shouldn't you have your own fucking private plane? So, wait, are you saying the Pope is not going to be pat down? He's a monarch, right? No, he's not going to be patted down. See, now that is a, that's a travesty. Like, if you're flying on fucking, you know, American Airlines, you're just like the rest of us, buddy. You're, you're the king of some shit-ass country that can't afford your own jet. Fuck you. You're getting pat down. <laughs> I mean, like, if Pr- Prince Hakeem of Zamunda is coming here to look for his fucking queen, pat that fucking down. Well, they should. I mean, they should pat everybody down. I yeah. mean, it's... Okay, I can understand if it's Obama on Air Force One. That's his private plane. All right. He doesn't so... have security. His security is the Secret Service. <laughs> yeah, so, no, exactly. I, I, t- I totally agree. That's unfair. If you're that special, get off my fucking prol plane. This is for <laughs> me and my other prol bitches. Get out of coach. <laughs> All right, but here's the interesting ones. In flight, uh, passengers in, must remain in seats beginning one hour, hour prior to arrival at destination. See, what, what difference does that make? Um, it's uh, The security guy, Bruce Schneier, calls it magical thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that one hour is the magic hour when it's going to happen. So one hour before that, why wouldn't they blow the plane up mid-flight like while they're flying? Well, it's kind of the TSA saying... Fuck you, other people on the plane. We just don't want the plane to crash into, you know, a cornfield and kill a cow. <laughs> that would be horrible. Passengers, uh, 
Passenger access to carry-on baggage is prohibited beginning one hour prior to, prior to arrival at destination. Here's another thing that's great. And actually uh, displays a horrible misunderstanding of basic physics. So the plane's going 425 miles an hour, right? Uh, the TSA says flight crew may not make any announcement to passengers concerning flight path or position over cities or landmarks. So you know how the f- pilot will be like, and if right you look out, out your uh, left side, you'll see the Grand Canyon, and uh, right side of the passengers will see Las Vegas, Nevada, pretty I, lights the, out there. When I went to Michigan last time, the guy's like, and right now we're flying over beautiful Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, there's beautiful Cleveland. <laughs> hey, the river's still on fire. But here's the physics part. If the pilot says that and you blow up the plane... It doesn't immediately drop straight out of the air onto Cleveland. It's going to go, you know, overshoot into Lake Erie. But, but, but even so beyond they're just that, dumb fucks. don't you think the terrorists know the flight, the flight pattern? It's not like they're going some magical, you know, circuitous route to get <laughs> there. It's the direct that. route. The, dr- the drunken <laughs> pilot route. Like those dudes who overshot Chicago by like three hours because they were arguing about Pokemons. Dude, yeah. they were drunk. They were yeah. drunk. Well, they were drunk too. But that was, so the one I, thing I, I don't blame I don't blame alcohol for that type of thing. I also read I also read this that uh, and I find this to be the most mind boggling. I don't see how they're going to enforce it. So no blankets no. and no magazines and no reading material in your lap for that last hour. Right? Why? Why do you suppose? Is it? it and this is all because well, they, don't, of, they don't want you to be making a bomb underneath that stuff. Okay. But there's other things you can do underneath there, too. But think about it this way. How many times have you been on a flight, you're in the middle, middle seat, you're passed out, and you get, you know, a sleep boner? Basically every time. <laughs> every I time always I always get a sleep boner. So I'll take, I always have a newspaper. I like to read the newspaper on the plane, put it over my lap to and then hide like, my sleep boner. There'll be like an article about Jerry Seinfeld or, uh, yeah, or you, Adam you know, and yeah, and then all of a sudden, boner, city, boner, boner town, population <laughs> boner Simon. country. But no, seriously though, it's like, I don't want to sit next to somebody with a raging heart on that I can see yeah. sitting like less than a foot away from me. Especially if he has a dick like mine that kind of goes off to one side, because <laughs> that shit can touch your elbow. But I, I just, I, I think. Am this I the is, only one? This is going. My dick does not go out straight when I have a hard on. Okay, you know, Wackley, your curvature of the penis. It is doesn't for a curve. Whole it's uh, straight. Podcast. It's straight. It just goes <laughs> off in a weird trajectory. I think it's from jerking off with my left hand too much. <laughs> you jerk off at like a right angle or something. It doesn't go in a right <laughs> angle. It's like a five degree angle. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. you and your curved boner it's are going to you <laughs> It just points a little bit north northwest. All right, so you you and your banana cock are going to get into some <laughs> awkward situations on the plane now. Oh, we have already. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm just thinking this is going to lead lead to some uh, really no, awkward No, but this goes back to my tense lo- moments. This goes back to my loose sweatpants. And I'm just going to be like you know, if I'm sitting next to two hot cheerleaders from, like, University of North Carolina or something, and I have a big boner, I'm just going to look at him and be like, deal with it. TSA administration, you know, facts. I can't put a blanket I've got on a my lap. Boner. I've got on my loose, barely there, totally worn through <laughs> sweatpants, and I have a gigantic boner, and it's touching your elbow, cheerleader on my left side. If they're, um, okay, but, you know, mark my words right here, Wackley. If they... Put into effect no iPods, no laptops, and you know no reading material within no one hour on the on your flight. Right. I will wear 
only spandex. No underwear underneath the spandex on every flight I go on from now on. Uh-huh. But the spandex is kind of tight. It might inhibit the boner. It's not going to inhibit the boner. boner. It's going to enhance the boner. They're going <laughs> to see it while I'm sleeping. It's going to be even more pronounced than it would be in your loose-fitting sweatpants. I don't know, man. My tent is going to be pitched high. But, but, so- I, but this, is my, this is kind of my point more generally. I kind of want the rules to get completely ridiculous and more ridiculous. And I want to just everybody's response to be even even more ridiculous to it. So everybody will just say, like, Calgon, take me away. We can't do we can't do any of this shit anymore. And roll it back to like maybe leave in like the cockpit door should be locked. You know, maybe the screening at the security whatever thing before you get to the gate is fine. But like, don't make me take off my fucking shoes. All this other bullshit that they're trying to do now. Just get rid of all that. Well, this is what this is my point here. When do you draw the line? When do you say enough is enough? I've reached my threshold here. This is bullshit. Well, politically, you can't. But I mean, but but because if you, you do that, change... somebody's always going to say like, you don't care about the next person to die in a in a in a terrorist act. And and that's and that's why you know the leader of the Homeland Security Department and, you know, the heads of TSA are like, we don't want that, that guilt on our shoulders. Right. It, it's, we don't want it's, that blame. For them to make more rules, for them to make less rules, there's only neutral to bad outcomes. For them to make more, more rules, there's no bad outcome. Except you're just going to annoy passengers. Right, I, but I, that's not a bad outcome from them from their uh, career perspective. But, you know, it's, this is what gives airlines a really bad name. Because now it's like everyone points the finger, well, it's the airlines the that are doing fault. this. I know, but it really isn't. It's the government's fault. Um, and the worst part about it for me... The, the bad outcome from them, though, before we get off this, is this whole thing. that If they go too far, everybody will see how ridiculous it is. And they'll just be like, the TSA is bullshit. Like reduce its funding by fucking ninety percent, we'll still be just as secure. And fuck you guys. That's exactly what we should do. Yeah, but they have to go a little bit further, I think, before people totally, ca- you know, go crazy about it. Just institute draconian security measures. Completely. Yeah. This is the well. This is the whole thing. I guess you know, in conclusion here, and what's what bothers me about this whole thing, and why I hate that asshole that tried to blow up that flight. It's going to be completely impossible to smuggle drugs on an airplane now. There's no way you can do it. Because the last place was... Okay, I used to always put... put shampoo. I used to always put my weed in my sock. Never had a problem. <laughs> always put my weed in my sock. I'd, put, right. you know, I'd roll up like a couple joints, put them in a little plastic bag, yeah. put them in my sock. Those no problem. Well, that, but now, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, Don't now you, you got to take a off your shoes. when that do- dog comes walking through the fucking terminal? Yeah, but then, you know, I just kind of walk don't faster. Wash, just don't wash your feet for like four days beforehand. But, you know, they never notice. Or, you know, sometimes, like, if I was bringing ecstasy, I'd put, like, a Band-Aid and put the ecstasy on the Band-Aid, put that on the bottom of my, my you know, on the, the sole of my foot. Uh-huh. No one ever noticed. It was always feet There's for transporting drugs. There's a Band-Aid in between your foot and the ecstasy, right? So you don't get dosed while you're on the plane. Oh, yeah, no. Now I'd wrap the ecstasy up in, like, plastic right. or something. Okay, but sure. so, no, it's always been in my shoe. Well, then, asshole shoe bomber comes along. Now we got to take our shoes off. So I'm like, God. Right. So the next logical step is now, well, now I'm going to have to put my drugs underneath my balls. Well, I'm no, no, have to you missed, you missed one that's, that's totally pertinent in the shampoo bottle was one for a while, too, right? I never did the shampoo bottle. 
Was there something that was? Was that I was just nervous about it. Method? I was nervous about putting it, you know, in my carry on. A lot of people did it though, right? A lot of people used to put. But it But then in they'd their have shampoo. this whole liquid restriction where you can only have like a micro milliliter of liquid on the planes. You can't do that. I've always been a firm believer: if you're going to carry a drug, carry them on you because on they're body. not going. Well, they're not going to do an invasive strip search, but right. now they are because <laughs> now it's like I used to always just you know taint those drugs. Right. Put put them. In, you could put. You do. You could bring an eighth of weed. A quarter of weed, just yeah. right underneath your sack. No one's ever going to notice. Now, when you go through security, they're going to be like, what's that bulge down there? And you can't be like, I've got a large nut sack. <laughs> That's <laughs> my enlarged prostate. And when they're doing their torso checks on you or whatever, they're going right. to find these things. Yeah. So now it's going to be I, well, completely so. impossible to ever bring drugs across the air. Um, and I blame this Nigerian. All right. On the plus side, when you're at a party and some guy offers you a joint... At least you'll be assured that it hasn't been by his balls. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring this on the plane right up against your nuts, did you? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, dude. I just shoved it up my ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Don't you notice those it's, brown hairs? It's about three inches from my nuts, actually. You wonder why that bottle. nug is so sticky? <laughs> <laughs> God, this smells like uh, skunk. Yeah. Fart no, fun. no. That's, that's the kind Humboldt smell. <laughs> So, Wackerly, this is episode 207, the last episode of Sick and Wrong for 2009. Oh, I was getting excited. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Not the last one completely. <laughs> A quick recap from the last couple of shows. First, I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, a uh, quick recap from the last couple shows. So, two weeks ago, we did episode 205, where we did uh, three stories here. Listener one sent a story about a Christmas gift uh, fetus. Uh-huh. And, Remember uh, that well? Listener the trailer two park? sent a story about the worst holiday party ever. Yeah. And uh, the third story came in uh, about the Nananator, a uh, grandmother who's 98, killed another grandmother who's 100. The Nananator. The Nananator. So the, 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 the story that won episode 205 is the worst holiday party ever, 128 votes. Second uh, if place, I remember correctly, the guy was sodomized with a dowel. Yeah, and like had hot water burned, poured on him and then thrown down a staircase. It was just horrible. Yeah. Horrible holiday party. Uh, listener one story here about the Christmas gift fetus. Uh, that came in second place with 94 votes. Mm-hmm. And uh, listener three came in distant third with 24. So congratulations, listeners who sent in the worst holiday party ever story. You won episode 205. Uh, we also did some stories for episode 206, but there were more Christmas miracles. Yeah. And I, I don't think people realize that uh, there was voting the voting was involved with the Christmas well, miracles. Well, I mean, how can you rank one miracle versus another? I mean, they're all miracles. Right? I think it was difficult to decipher any story amidst all that drunken babble. <laughs> We've done the we've done what three Christmas episodes so yeah, far in the show. I think this is, the, so is this the third one? Yeah. If I remember correctly, the Pope will saint somebody for for having three miracles associated with them. So by telling these stories over the podcast, can, are we eligible for, for sainthood? You know, it's a good question. I mean, you're probably not because you're a dirty Jew, but. <laughs> <clears throat> Me, maybe. I'm not Catholic, but I could become Catholic. You he could see, probably convert. Did you see the Pope get taken out on Christmas? No, but I heard about it. Oh, it was great. I saw, I saw some photos of it. The woman just tackled the guy and pulled him down by his vestments. I'm surprised he didn't have some, like, Nazi jujitsu on her, you know, because he, you know, he was in the SS. I'm surprised he doesn't carry, like, a sharpened crucifix. So he could just kind of pull out, hold, like, right. brass knuckles or something. Yeah. Just kill anyway we did three christmas miracles for episode 206 uh first miracle we got was about a drunk cross-dressing four-year-old who stole his neighbor's christmas gifts mm-hmm. uh, the second christmas miracle was the uh, rage against the machine song 
uh, that beat out the Simon Cowell right. favorite. Yeah. And the third listener uh, miracle here was the cat glued to the highway that lived. Well, it had its paws ripped off. It had its paws ripped off. Right. Well, people found uh, the listener number one story about the drunk cross-dressing four-year-old to be right. the best Christmas miracle. Came in first place, 87 votes. Second place was the cat being glued to the highway, 56. And uh, Rage Against the Machine, even though people do love Rage, it was a miracle they beat Simon Cowell. They hate Simon Cowell. Came in third with 24 votes. Plus, I mean, Rage Against the Machine, Radom, as I like to call them. You know, they're getting their glory with this whole thing. And they they are. They don't need to win the the S&W Christmas episode. So congratulations, uh, listener one there. You won the Sikoron Christmas episode, and you will be receiving some of our Jew gold. Uh, People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Whack and I comb the internet. Or we have listeners who uh, send us the most disturbing news items of the week. We present the stories here on the show. The audience votes, and the winner gets a sick and wrong care package. You can send your listener submission to sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com or submit it directly via the forum. We got a few good listener submissions this time around. Before we get to that, how about a quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. It truly is an amazing promo. So yeah, people, uh, go to AdamandEve.com and uh, purchase something, get 50% off the item, free shipping, a free gift, and three free adult movies. It's a lot of free in uh, one promo thing. <laughs> yeah, how could you not like that? But you know what? Uh, it is, uh, it's been Dildo December, Dildember this uh, past month, and hopefully you did buy your girlfriend or your wife or, or your significant other or yourself a dildo. Men can use dildos. But uh, we're, we're about to get to, what was it? Dick Sleeve January? Jack Off Sleeve January? <laughs> Jack Off Sleeve. Okay, Jack Off Sleeve January <laughs> is going to be the, uh, the, the new promotion for next month. So, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, gear up to get your jack-off sleeves from adamandeve.com. I don't know if we're going to make it through the whole year with this alliteration theme. I know. I think we're probably going to stop <laughs> next month. I don't know. Although Adam and Eve said they're going to give us some new uh, promotions, so there's going to be some cool stuff coming oh, up. Oh, great. I can't wait. So, Wankley, I don't know if you started the Christmas show. Why don't you kick off uh, episode 207 uh, with your listener's submission? Who, who's that story from? <laughs> He just says Charlie in the UK. No more specific address than that. But he uh, asks, is this what American chavs are like? (laughs) Are there American chavs? And before I answer this question or read the story, I will answer the question. Yes. Don't we we call American chavs wiggers? Isn't that the uh, the American term? I think this is an older form, a more ancient American chav called a hillbilly honky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Because I like to title this story, Hillbilly Honky Mayhem. All right. And, you know, of all places it could happen in Chattanooga. I mean, 
There's only crackers that live there, right? This is this is not coincidence. Last week, the drunken four-year-old who stole the Christmas also gifts, Chattanooga. also from uh, Tennessee. This might be his parents. Yeah, I think this is mom and dad here. So, a Chattanooga police officer who was off-duty and shopping uh, at Walmart, because uh, I guess police officers in Chattanooga don't make a lot of money. Uh, unfortunate. He came to the aid of a Walmart greeter. Now, you've been to a Walmart, right? Yeah, it's uh, like the don't you the requirements for Walmart greeters? You have to be over eighty. I think so. Octogenarians for sure. <laughs> so what did he help her do? Like empty her drool cup or something? Um, they, they don't do anything, but they stand there at the door. They go and they hi. Go, they say hi, hi when you come in. And, then, and you know Myers in uh, Michigan. People uh-huh. in Michigan will know the store. Myers kind of a similar store to Walmart. Right. They kind of rip that off because Myers has greeters. Greeters too. It's kind of like a welfare program that these. Uh, I mean, you want to know why? What's because- the purpose? Would you? Would you? It's would benevolent. Your, would it, your Walmart experience be any different if that person wasn't there? Because even I, if you, if you're like, oh hey, can you tell me where the um, you know lawn rakes are? They'll be like, I don't know, Sonny. <laughs> I, I just, I just wave hi to people. When I personally, in. I find it a bit foreboding because here I'm like, oh great, Ghost of D's future, right, right in yeah, front of yeah, me, yeah. you know, greeting me. This is I want to leave now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how if that's a good marketing technique to have death <laughs> welcoming people to your it's store. It's just like, here's the death knell coming to yeah. Walmart, and I don't right. like it. Um, well, he didn't help her empty her drill cup. He helped her a little more substantially than that. He helped her to physically place a man under arrest who was trying to leave the premises without paying for $2,000 worth of merchandise. In other words, stealing $2,000 worth of merchandise. Um, now, that's a proactive greeter. Officer Josh Wright uh, helped this greeter as Joseph Anthony Hill attempted to force his way past the greeter with a shopping cart loaded with TVs and a computer. <laughs> <laughs> now, Hillbillies, you know, he's not going to do his taxes on the computer because he doesn't pay taxes. Uh, I don't think he's probably building a resume or a recipe database. There's one reason why a Hillbilly needs a computer. I'm thinking porn. I heard they got the porn on these things. <laughs> and he's like, you know, doesn't even know to fucking hook up the, you know, to get a internet access in his shed. You got to admire, though, his brazen technique. How many they, TVs? What does this guy do? Just like throw a bunch of TVs and a computer in a shopping cart, try to run out the store? How many TVs can you fit in a shopping cart? Because even the flat screens come in kind of a thick box. Was yeah, he, I don't know. Was yeah, he stealing like 15-inch if... TVs, you know? <laughs> I'll put one in every room. I don't care if they're small. I don't know. It's confusing to me. But the office officer right uh, displayed his badge, and Hill looked at it and said, "It was fake." <laughs> then he attempted to get by officer right. I'm sure cops great. love that. Well, you know, nothing. Uh, nothing says I actually paid for these TVs by saying that a badge is fake and trying to push your way past the guy with the badge. I would have tried that too, though. You got that badge at Target, right? Move away. Move away. I paid for these. Not really. Officer right then took Hill to the floor and placed him under arrest. Well, you don't know why, because you look at this guy, and I don't even know what this guy looks like, but I'm just picturing someone, probably looks a lot like uh, my cousin Earl. Actually, he looks like a young Brett Favre with bruises all over his face, and I'm not clear whether the bruises are from the beating he got from Officer Wright, or just from general meth abuse. I'm picturing it's probably meth abuse and his wife. A little bit of meth, acne scars, and pounding. I'm assuming that uh, Officer... Good body here, or whatever. Uh, saw this guy and was like, "Yeah, that guy probably does not have enough money to pay for ten TVs and a computer." Yeah. Maybe if you just saw him, you might just beat him up anyway. It's just yeah. the principle that he's a ne'er do well. But that's not really the end of the story, D, because that wouldn't be sick and wrong, right? 
But because because uh, Joseph Steve Joseph Anthony Hill's wife was there. Her name's Lisa Hill. She came out upon the scene and began acting as she was having a heart attack and stated she did not know Hill to whom she is married. Good. The, you know the Fred Sanford faking a heart attack is a damn gets you, fine distraction. Gets you a lot of a lot of uh, predicaments. However, this is the big one. Oh, I'm coming. This I is kinda, the big one. <laughs> I kind of accept a cop being the. Well, just by definition, he's not being cherub of justice, right? He's a, he actually he is, a, is a cherub of justice. He's a police officer, maybe off duty, but still has a yeah. No, he's taken an oath to uphold the law. But do do cops like if you're in a bank and you're a cop and the bank is being robbed, do you have an obligation to like assist? Not even citizens rest, but when you're off duty, do you have an obligation? Or you I, I think you do. I think you take some oath that at all times, if possible, you will uphold the law. Yeah, but okay, but did you hear you know, about? Did, did you hear about those paramedics that were in like a uh, a Dunkin' Donuts on the East Coast, and some woman who was pregnant had like a medical episode, and uh, they were like, "Call nine one one, we're on break," and her baby <laughs> died, and they're like being they're laid off, and they're being sued, and everything. You hear about that? No, that's horrible. I just remembered the story. But I'm just saying, like when it's my day off, Same Saturday thing. or Sunday, and I see like a porno magazine lying on the ground, I don't feel an obligation to pick that up and be like, you know, someone should be reading this porno right now and <laughs> give it to somebody. You know, it's I just walk by D, and I go home. D, be honest. You do think that a little <laughs> okay, bit. Okay, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do think that a little bit. <laughs> well, I think that's the difference between being a public servant and just being, you know, a porn peddler. <laughs> <laughs> a porn monger. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my place. Oh, anyway, so she does the yeah. Okay, so she does the Fred Sanford attack. thing and says, "I don't know that guy because the distraction doesn't really work if like I'm having a heart attack and that's my husband who's stealing those TVs." Would right? you just put your head down and get the fuck out of the Walmart? Um, there's a little bit of cherub of justice in this story though, because not only Officer Wright was involved, but a witness at the Walmart who's not been named told Officer Wright that Lisa Hill was lying and that she did in fact know uh, Joseph Anthony because this witness saw them in the store together. <laughs> the witness then began leaving the scene when Lisa Hill became belligerent, I guess she got over the heart attack, and began calling her a liar. She began threatening her, and then she followed the witness into the parking lot. I mean, I hope the cop's calling for backup at this point. She grabbed her by the... Uh, well, Lisa Hill grabbed the witness by the hair, threw her to the ground, and started hitting her. <laughs> this is like Jerry Springer's trip to Walmart. Right. And if this were to happen in the Bay Area, you know, the the uh, typical Bay Arian would just sort of go fetal. But remember, we're in Chattanooga. <laughs> so the witness... Got a pocket knife from her purse and stabbed Miss Hill in the <laughs> arm in order to get her off her. So the witness ended up stabbing her assailant? Stabbing Lisa Hill, who's an accomplice to this uh, Walmart thievery. Got it. Can you, can you picture this jail scene here? This was, was this Christmas Day? Oh, uh, I don't have the date. 7.30 p.m. on, uh, it's not clear, 29th. It was probably the 27th, I think. It's oh, okay, happened. so it was right after Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing this. is sort this. of the uh, post-Christmas deals. You know the Pogue, Free shit. You know the Pogue song? <laughs> you steal it. You know the Pogue song, uh, Fairy Tale in New York? Yes. All right, I kind of picture this as like a fairy tale in Chattanooga. Yeah. It's like you got this white trash, meth-addicted couple. Yeah. Um, he tried to steal TVs in Walmart, got the shit beaten out of him by a, an off-duty cop. Yeah. And she gets stabbed. She comes to rescue. And she gets stabbed by uh, the witness the who witness. fingered her. And maybe, and now they're both maybe up, Joseph Anthony falls in love with the witness and they have a big menage. And, 
I guess I could I see know. that. Just I'm free free thinking here. So what ended up happening? He's arrested? Oh, he's arrested. Uh, charged with theft over $1,000 and pol- assault on a police officer. Who knows what that gets you in Chattanooga? Probably nothing good. Um, no charges have been filed on Lisa Hill, but she did get stabbed. And uh, the investigation is still open, so maybe they'll charge her with, you know, faking the Fred Sanford thing. Well, you know, this is a difficult story to uh, rank. Why? You know, on the five-star scale. It's a hillbilly fracas. It is a hillbilly fracas, and I understand Walmart that. fracas. I mean, on the sick and wrong scale, it's like the guy got what's coming to him. <laughs> I guess his brazen he, he act No, no, he, didn't get it. he did not get to keep the TVs. No, but I'm saying he's... <laughs> <laughs> He should have. But I'm saying, you know, the Brazen <laughs> Act. a consolation prize. The Brazen Act itself. One TV. He should get to keep one TV. For, for definitely for doing something. For, for just going entertaining to that length. the people yeah. of Chattanooga and the Walmart people. But I mean, think about it this way. It's just like this guy's whole idea is like, baby, I'm going to get you something nice for Christmas this year. <laughs> I got a plan, girl. I got a plan. Right. And it's like, okay. And so she's thinking the whole time. She's like, you know, what's his name? Daryl. Uh-huh. Or no, Lee, Joseph, Lee An- Joseph Anthony. <laughs> Joseph Joe Anthony. Anthony. She's like, you know, Joe Anthony's got a plan. She's probably telling all her friends that he's going to get her something really nice. He takes her to the Walmart. She's totally excited. Goes in there, and then he tries to steal 10 TVs and a computer. Right. And his whole plan was just to run out the door with it. Right. And in she a, realizes, in a Walmart cart. <laughs> and I think what happened, she realized that her husband's a meth-addicted fool. Well, so, she probably is, too. I mean, if you're, if you're a meth-addicted fool, rob a liquor store. Yeah. Just get cash. I mean, even trying to rob in a bank is going to be easier. You know, on the, the sheer stupidity and the fact that he was so brazen about it, I'm going to give that four stars. I'm going to give it four and a half. If this happened in Canada, it would be the um, Bruce McCullough and Mark McKinney characters from Kids in the Hall. You know, where he's I like, baby, make me a whiskey sour. <laughs> oh, you love your whiskey sours. You're always a provider. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people have some idea what we're talking about. Probably not. Kendra will know and maybe Another obscure sick and wrong reference. Well, moving into story number two here for uh, episode 207. This came from Olivia. I like how Olivia is very succinct in how she writes her message to us. She just writes, I'm a sexy woman. You know, I've heard that on the internet before, Olivia. You got to prove it. Olivier. (laughs) Or should I just say Lawrence? Oliver. (laughs) Uh, Brazil's stepfather tried to kill Needle Boy. A Brazilian man who pushed dozens of sewing needles into his two-year-old stepson nice. said he wanted to kill him despite his wife. I'm sure a lot of people... This has actually been all over the news. Stepson, but, um, you said? It's a stepson, okay. yeah. Um, you know that, uh, that whole... What's that, that adage? Uh, beat him like a redhead stepchild? Yes. I think in Brazil it's different. It's like stick sewing needles into him like a dark-haired stepchild. There are the, they're all dark hair. That's the problem. But, you know, maybe they do it to all the kids. I don't even know how to say this guy's name, but let's call him Roberto Carlos. Uh, he's 30. He made his confession and telephone interview from jail with Globo Television. I love how they don't even need lawyers. He yeah, just makes his confession with Globo Television. The Brazilian Geraldo, who's also called Geraldo, calls up and is like, do you confess? Yes, I confess. Yes, I confess. See. Si. Uh, the boys were covering after surgery to remove the needles, which came perilously close to his heart. Uh, Roberto Carlos said he got the boy drunk on wine. 
before inserting the needles, up to three times in a month. You know, what bothers me about this is so this guy, I don't know if unwitting, I guess unwittingly, classically conditioned this kid to hate alcohol. Because if uh, this kid lives through this, he's going to associate alcohol with right. pins being stuck into him. Yeah. That's horrible, dude. He's never going to be a drinker. Well, maybe he could get... He's going to miss out on that wonderful rainbow of drunkenness that we all get to live. It is fabulous. (laughs) I know. Poor kid. Maybe he could go to, like, acupuncture therapy to make him love alcohol again. You mean, so then he'll start getting pins in him again? I mean, how do you you uncondition somebody to enjoy alcohol again? I don't know. I'm not an acupuncturist. <laughs> Ask an expert. Neither was Roberto Carlos. Is no. it, but... I don't think you should. In acupuncture, I don't think it's generally recommended to shove the needles all the way in until they can't be seen. <laughs> it's like, this is going to hurt, so you want to drink a lot of that vodka so you don't feel it? Yeah. This is going to hurt a little. I mean, a lot. <laughs> I love But the funny thing about it is, is Roberto Carlos actually was aware of his own insanity. He's like, I had this crazy idea. I mixed wine with water, had him drink it, he drank it, passed out, and then I just kept inserting needles into him. It's muy loco. <laughs> How do you say that crazy. in Portuguese? I have no idea. <laughs> he said it was to get back at the boy's mother. I thought the needles would work their way through his body and kill the boy. What, like little vipers or something? Yes. Um, it was a way to kill without anyone discovering. Yeah. Apparently, Roberto was unaware that they actually do have radiologists in Brazil. Right. They or, have the x-ray machine or, there. Or just poison, rat poison. It's <laughs> another way to do it. Yeah, no, you'd think there'd be plenty of like your less painful ways to murder a two-year-old boy. Do you even need a ra- you know, an x-ray machine, or can you just like stick a magnet to the kid and be like, there's something going on here? Because I just you know, put my uh, you know, Wisconsin wish-you-were-here magnet on his belly and it's stuck. Well, they did end up get, administering this kid x-rays, and they revealed more than 30 needles lodged throughout the kid's body. Right. And, they, and he didn't develop any superpowers. No. Can just be clear he, on that? He did. No superpowers came from these. No, because radiation and, you know, your body filled with needles. That's but these weren't classic. gamma radiation needles. Oh, not gamma radiation. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Uh, four needles were removed by surgery, and doctors are planning more operations to extract needles from the boy's abdomen, intestines, and bladder. Wow, that's I've, I've actually read that uh, that they're going to be unable to remove all of the needles because some are so dangerously close to vital organs that they're just going to have to leave the kit, the needles in the kid. Needle boy. He's going to be needle boy. Or just needles for short. <laughs> uh, Brazilian police said last week the stepfather confessed to sticking the needles into the toddler with the help of another man and a woman. So this is like a group activity. Mm-hmm. So in Brazil... Who were know, the other man and woman? They, they don't mention... They say one was his mistress, but they don't mention who the other man was. Uh, the Mr. Uh, Roberto Carlos here, bricklayer, told, told them that his mistress had urged him to ritually kill the child to take Wait, revenge on his wife. Yeah, but the evil mistress practiced voodoo. So oh. she, was used, she was saying you should ritualistically kill this kid. Because if you're a bricklayer... He's missing a golden opportunity. Yeah, you'd think, I mean, he should to totally... To go totally Poe on the dude. Well, all you'd have wall to do... Wall him in! Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> wall him in, Casco Amontillado. Yeah, Casco Amontillado uh, right there. Just put the kid in. No one would even find the kid. Just walling know. in is incredible. There's not enough walling in going on in the world today, and I, I, uh, I'm lamenting that fact. 
And this guy is a bricklayer, and he missed his opportunity. Perfect opportunity to wall this kid in. Said and you wouldn't even have to needles. have a cask of a Montiata. You could have, like, you know, some Pop Rocks or And you think about it, two-year-old boy, how much wall do you really need? You Just see a, a very cube small space. In the corner. Mm-hmm. 20 bricks, tops. He did miss out on a good opportunity. Uh, the wife here suspected the child been a victim of black magic ritual after she found suspicious objects in the home that she shared with her uh, husband here of six months mm-hmm. and her six other children. <laughs> so that's why I don't feel all that bad for her because she does have six other kids. Right. Brazilian baby factory well, over that's here. Well, that's why they have so many in case one gets, one gets needled. But I feel bad for Needle Boy. I feel true sympathy here for Needle Boy. Uh-huh. Think about this kid. He's, this kid's two years old. He thinks he's hanging out with his stepdad. He's like, you yeah, know, my stepdad's kind of fun to hang out with. He gives he gets, me wine. He gives me wine. And he's like, you know, he gets drunk. He's like, you know, I'm really developing a nice addiction here and a bond with my, yeah. my stepfather. We're and the next thing you know, he finds out that he's been sticking needles into him when he's passed out. Right. That's Bastard. That's got to be pretty fucking passed out. I'm giving this five stars. I give it five as well. Even, well, 4.9 because I would have rather seen the walling in, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's diabolical. Uh, so the final story here uh, for episode 207 comes from James who is aspiring to be the sick and wrong Middle East correspondent. Mm-hmm. He writes, Middle East correspondent named James. James. Okay. He writes, hey, Dan Lance. Is it like James Ubakar? <laughs> no, I think, I think this guy is like a limeer. No, he's actually originally from Santa Monica, so he's American. There we go. Uh, so James writes in, hey, Dan Lance, you fuck nuts. Yes. That kind of sounds like an American greeting. Right. Because I, I don't think the English would, would use the term fucking nuts in the same word. I answer to fuck nuts. I answer to it, too. He writes, greetings from the land of camels and sand niggers. <laughs> been listening to the shows okay, for a while then. now and only have a few more to go before I've been through the whole archive. Your shit is awesome. And looking forward to more because I'm truly a sick and wrong fan. Your site is banned and censored here, so I had to buy a dialer to get past the blockage along with my porn. Wow. He's getting through the tubes, like, stealth style. He says, anyway, originally from Santa Monica, I'm residing here in Doha, Qatar, the home of Al Jazeera News. And we get all the stuff that's usually censored and not even mentioned in stateside news. How does he listen to the show without alcohol? I don't know. I mean, do, Does he do, have a magical device that'll bring alcohol through the tubes? Because I might live, move to Qatar, Qatar. If, I have uh, a question for James. Though. I could get some hooch. If you're Muslim and you drink in Qatar, dudes come up on mopeds and beat the shit out of you. But or, if you're an American, or behead you. yeah. But if you're an American, can't you? Be, wouldn't they be like, oh, you're already a wasted soul. You can drink as much as you want. I don't think that's true, but. Maybe he proved So they wrong. have no liquor stores? Because I picture, like, in my mind, I'd think that they have liquor stores just for Americans or white Maybe people. Maybe there's, like, an American little conclave where you can buy booze there. That's what I would hope. Yeah, I imagine. I, I imagine and I would never not... leave. I might, that's why I might as well not even go, because I would never <laughs> leave those walls. It's like, Wackley went all the way to Qatar. Did you see some pyramids? Did you ride a camel? No, I just hung out at the duty-free liquor store the entire I time. I would go, like, five <laughs> feet out of the green zone or whatever you call it and, like, eyeball a camel and then i go right back <laughs> where's my whiskey <laughs> so um here he writes here's an example on the story they sent in i uh, heard of an eye for an eye in islamic culture well these fuckwits are taking it a step further i do like his 
terms here. These mm-hmm. uh, yes, disparaging terms of fuck. He's, He's bringing the American vernacular to the Arab to world. the Arab world. Yes, this is just an example of what I get here in the news. I'd like to be nominated as your sick and wrong overseas correspondent. I'll send more stuff as it comes in, but I hope you consider me for a correspondent in foreign sick and wrong affairs from the Middle East on your podcast, as I am a real fan of your show. You got my votes already on iTunes and Podcast Alley. Keep it sick, motherfuckers, as your site is so wrong. James in the Middle East. Well, James, um, I'm sure Wackley would concur. You can definitely be our Middle East correspondent. Why not? Well, is our foreign correspondent Middle East Bureau? Middle East Bureau. We have, we have Bureau, many, many foreign correspondents, but anything Middle that East happens, Bureau, he's it. Anything that happens in sick and wrong, just let us know. Because James is the official Sick and Wrong Mideast Bureau Chief. I do think there's another guy around there that used to post on the forum. He was like in the military or something. He was, he was in Dubai, though. They can, they can split the duties. They can split the duties. So James sends in this story about a uh, Pakistani court who ordered two men's noses and ears cut off. Yes. This is truly an eye for an eye. I love it. This that. happened in, uh, I don't know Except how to say it. it's not truly. It's really, truly a nose for a nose. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lahore, Pakistan. I think it's Lahore. Lahore. A Pakistani court has uh, ordered the noses and ears of two men cut off after they did the same thing to a young woman whose family spurned one of the men's marriage proposals. The anti-terrorism court in the eastern city of Lahore said it was applying Islamic law by ordering the punishment. Mm. It's not always bad. <laughs> That Islamic law, I must say. So the prosecutor here said one of the accused, Sher Muhammad, was a cousin of the 19-year-old woman, and he really wanted to marry her. He approached her parents, but her parents refused his proposal. Uh-huh. Because he was a deadbeat? I imagine it's because he was a deadbeat. had maybe one camel, but it was like a sick, hairless camel. That's nothing. Camel. Yeah, you know? I mean, Unless you're allergic, then you might want a hairless camel. Yeah, but I think they want, like, you know... A couple tents or teepees or whatever they have over there and like Yurts. six camels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think they want just one hairless camel. Is Pakistan considered the Arab world or is that something different? Because they speak like Urdu there or something, right? In Punjab. They speak like a, ten different languages That's over just a there. fucked up weird like hybrid mutt place, right? I think it's like half Indian and half Arabic. Whatever. It's like a... Pastiche of the two. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Cher Muhammad and a friend here, Amanat Muhammad, were accused of kidnapping what did you the say? woman. Manamana. <laughs> no, it says Amanat. <laughs> Manamanat. I'm just going to call him Shanana Muhammad here. <laughs> we're accused of kidnapping the woman and cutting off her ears and nose mm. in uh, late September. So he, nobody else will want her. Yeah, but that's just horrible because now, I mean. Now they don't want her either. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, like well, all they the did is that was useless. They just maimed this woman. So the court on Monday sent it, sentenced each man to 50 years in prison and told them to pay fines and compensation to the woman amounting to several thousand dollars. Mm. She doesn't seem that much. Uh, then they said... Well, I mean, that's American dollars, right? What does that mean in Pakistan? Yeah, I have no idea. About tens of years of income. And then they issued a much sterner Islamic punishment, which they ordered the noses and ears of the two men to be cut off. <laughs> Is that really how they frame the argument over there? Like, well, here's your state-sponsored punishment, and here's the punishment from God. Well, they said that uh, they're, known, they're, they're able to, within Islamic law, order harsh punishments, but typically the sentences are often overturned and rarely carried out. So we're still waiting on this one. Yeah. Oh, I might have to withhold some points then. I know. That's a, that, I, wanted to, I wanted to make that Is stipu- this in like a big city here. of Pakistan or is this some like, you know, backwater burg? I think Lahore is a major city. Mm, I, don't have uh, a good, I don't have a good feeling about this. 
Serious crimes are often referred to anti-terrorism courts in Pakistan because they move faster. I've always felt Pakistan to be somewhat more progressive than, like, let's say, Afghanistan or some areas. Well, of... Afghanistan is like caves. Yeah, it's like Afghanistan is like the fucking, the fucking Flintstones without I mean, the foot, foot-powered cars or giant Bronto burgers. What was that guy Musharraf? He was kind of wearing, like, snazzy clothes. Yeah, and, you know, kind of a military Armani dictator. <laughs> kind of a military dictator. But then he was overthrown by the even more Islamist wackos. Yeah, that is true. So, so it's not going... Pakistan's like Oakland. Yeah, it was okay and maybe going to get better, but now it's not. Now it's getting worse. Now it's just dangerous. Yeah. So violence against women, especially attacks by spurn lovers, also occur frequently in this impoverished uh, nation here. Uh, the men have seven days to appeal the ruling. And I guess it remains to be seen why, what why, might happen. Why is that so specific to the whether or not this is the heir of the Islamic world? I mean, our, our poor trailer parks of the hillbilly Chattanooga, I mean, I'm sure lots of women are raped on a regular basis, but they're not like, they don't have acid thrown on their faces. Yeah, I don't understand. It's like, you'd think that, you know, in our culture, we're spurned on a regular basis. You don't, you don't, know, why, you don't know why? Because there, they don't have video games or internet porn. Yes. You know, if you think about it, with us, it's just like, you know, we'll go and ask that girl out to go and, uh, you know, go to a movie or something yeah. or, yeah. you know, go, you know, to the bar. And when she's like, no, and starts laughing at us, right. we're like, all right, well, you suck. I'm just going to go home, jack off some internet porn, get a couple guns and shoot up my high school. Yeah. But they can't do that over there. I yeah, think they're more vindictive. At, at the woman. Yeah. And then uh, they just, they scar her for I see life. see your point. I see your point. Uh-huh. So on the, Disgusting. Sick and, on the sick and wrong star scale, I would subtract some points from this because, you know, it's, it remains to be seen whether these guys are going to have their noses and, uh, and their ears cut off. Right. However, I did see the picture, and I will post this on the site, of the woman yes, who I did too. had her nose and ears cut off, and there's not, she's not getting those back. I don't think they give back prosthetic, prosthetic ears in Pakistan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the plastic surgery industry is all that advanced. No, I've, I've seen the the women with you know the melted faces. They don't yeah. do anything for them. No. So I'm going to give that five stars because she has to live with with that, and she's getting what three thousand dollars in compensation. Interesting though that you bring up the melted face women, because if this chick, the noseless girl, hangs out with those chicks, the acid face chicks, she's going to be the best looking woman in the war- in the room. I Wouldn't guess she say? could probably, yeah. She could so, probably you know, still it's get the laid. So, you know, it's the whole rule that women go by is they always try to have, like, a fat friend, an ugly friend, a friend with BO or something. I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm going to give it a four and a half because there's still a chance for her. Yeah, I guess there is still Plus, a chance. Plus, you know, there's the whole hijab thing. Oh, yeah, she could still wear the uh, the veil. Yeah, the dude might never even know till you know, the, the night of consummation. Then it'll just be horrified. It's like right after the wedding. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. Although you might be able to stick your dick in it. Yeah, I guess you probably could. Shit is tight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People, you can decide who won episode 207. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, actually, we are nearing the last third of the show here. We got phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial Line. People call the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial Line. You have to be drunk or high. 206-666-3846. 206-666-3846. Send us emails to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Before we get to that, though, another word from adamneve.com. Oh. 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 
little spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. You know, every time I listen to that promo, I think I become a fan of acapella music. I don't own any acapella. <laughs> that acapella music. Well, no, it's, you know, I kind of like the acapella. It's like, it's like a bunch of, it's like, I, I, I picture my harem singing to me. Okay. So I should buy you a Bobby McFerrin CD next year for Hanukkah? I don't want Bobby McFerrin in the harem. <laughs> it's just, it would just totally just... Boop, 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 <laughs> All right, you shattered the moment completely. Shattered the moment. People, Don't worry. <laughs> people, go to adamandeve.com. Buy something, anything. Doesn't have to be a dildo because it's almost the end of Dildember. Yeah. And uh, get 50% off your item, three free adult movies, a central gift, and free shipping. You can't beat that. Adamandeve.com. When you check out, just type in the word diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E. And uh, yeah, go buy yourself some uh, masturbatory aids. So um, no, You can use them with a partner. All right. Trust but I, me. I just wanted to say AIDS. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of phone calls. The Sick and Wrong Hotline. Uh, 206-666-3846 is the number. Why not play call number one? we got to bear with this call because it's almost intelligible. Not that the person's drunk, but they're from Norway. <laughs> oh, is this that crazy Norwegian guy? Yeah. Yeah, l- listen to this. this is, although it kind of makes me want to go to Norway. Well, hello, Sick and Wrong. Uh, this is uh, Jürgen, or not, from from, from Norway. And certainly I'm uh, here completely naked on, uh, you know, Santa Claus's uh, wife night, being a photograph and all that. And there's a little snow outside, and I'm completely naked. There's also a happening woman. And uh, <laughs> let's just say trans. Anyway, I... I think you might need to translate that. <laughs> first of all... First of all, I'm just going to be halfway making it up because I don't even understand most of it. Well, first of all, is he speaking English? Yes, I believe so. It's in a very weird cadence and with weird vowels inserted into Where words. the hell did that accent come from? Because Norway. do all people in Norway talk like that? I believe so. Okay. Oh. <laughs> he sounds like a Dickensian Englishman. But right at the end there, before I paused it, uh, did you hear what that was? Well, you know, it was getting to this point An authentic, half-naked, as Jürgen says, uh, well, I'm assuming he's being truthful. She's half-naked Norwegian chick. So... In the snow. Jürgen... With just rock-hard nipples. But Jürgen's naked. I have a boner in my loose sweatpants right now, okay? <laughs> yeah, not, you know, let me go put my spandex on real quick. So wait, Jürgen is naked. Yes. They're in Norway. It's snowing. It's middle of winter. And yes. he's with two fine Norwegian lasses. Do you have any Jurgens dick lotion? Because <laughs> I think his name is Jurgen. <laughs> but I would like some Jurgens. I'm going to give it the American pronunciation. So Jurgen. <laughs> I don't know either. All right, well, what happens with Jurgen in the snow with a hot Norwegian? Here's me jumping into the snow, being followed by a hope woman. Anyway, this is fucking cold. So let's go. Ah, fuck me. Shut fuck. Holy shit. 
fuck you. Okay, well... That was cold. Um, Are you sure they're just only jumping into snow? Uh, I think Jurgen might be raping this woman on the on the drunk dialogue. I think he's the taking, rape dialogue. I think he's taking her like a Viking. Well, that's a getting back thing. the roots here. When in Norway, do as the Norwegians do. Yeah. And when you're not burning down churches, rape your women in the snow. Right. We we should all aspire to Norwegian behavior. Well. My cock now looks Jewish. Did you get that part? <laughs> yeah, I'm insulted. Do you need me to translate that part? <laughs> no, I, I got His that. cock is now small, like a Jew cock. <laughs> it's a button said. on a fur coat. <laughs> I think we'll go back inside. Oh, yeah, it's probably five more Any comments? It's freaking cold. How very depth. Anyway, till next time. Bye. So the hot, naked, half-naked Norwegian chick seemed to be more intelligible—not intelligent, but uh, you know, I could understand what she was saying better than I could. Jürgen. Yeah, maybe, how come maybe she should have called in? Yeah, how come he didn't? Ha- she didn't have she that said weird it's freaking accent. Cold. Yeah, but she was like, "It's freaking cold." It sounded just kind of like a British accent. Her name was, was like, like Andy it or is Ilsa. It's freaking or cold in here. Yeah. My bollocks are frozen. I just want to encourage Jurgen to call back in and, you know, put put the half naked hot Norwegian lady on. You know, Jurgen called with a, with another with another call that was in the same accent but uh a little more, I guess, comprehensible. But he was Well, talk- his balls weren't like at 30 degrees. Yeah, high. I mean, it gets pretty cold over there in Norway. Yeah. Um but he was saying how he was going to send us like chewing tobacco and snuff. Snooze. Snooze. Yes. That's what he said. Which so. is like a skull bandit for anybody who's ever been into the chewing world of chewing tobacco. Which it's is, like in a pouch, right? Yeah, it's, you, just, it's like chewing tobacco that's in a little pouch so it doesn't get in your teeth. And it's not like taking a wad of Kodiak chew and shoving right. it in your lip. And really, what's the point? <laughs> it's been a while since I've chewed, although I don't know if I would chew during the show because I think I'd just pass out. Mm-hmm. It, it packs one wallop of a buzz. Well, if you're not used to it, but... I'm thinking about quitting smoking soon. So you might just take up chewing? I might take up chewing, but I don't even know where to get chewing tobacco in the Bay Area. <laughs> what do you think of girls? It's everywhere in the Midwest. What do you think of girls that chew? It's disgusting. You're disgusted by it at all? You wouldn't be like, well, it's kind of hot. No, it's not hot at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. All I'm it's saying. Ridiculous. All right. Christina Ricci with a water chew in her mouth. I'm no? over my Christina Ricci thing. <laughs> I was like, before the podcast started, I was over the Christina Ricci thing, yet you always bring it up. Dude, you still love Christina Ricci. I know you do. She looks like a goddamn candied apple. <laughs> she, lo- she, she went anorexic and lost her gigantic tits. That's what I was into. All right, I guess I haven't seen a picture in a while. So one thing I'd be willing to wager, though, here about this phone call is I bet that Norwegian chick is really hot. And I bet she has gigantic tits. I bet you she does, because that's the that, that's my theory about these Scandinavian countries. I feel mm. you know, fuck the UK tour. Let's go to Sweden and Norway. Because I don't, in I don't Sweden, know if there's a lot of places to go in those countries. Doesn't matter, dude. The chicks are so much better looking, and the guys are just kind of emasculated, femme, metrosexual type of men. Even Jurgen. 
Jurgen sounds like he might be like a Viking. I, I picture him to be like he a might six be a black Viking. Sheep. Well, you know, I, I picture him drinking his mead, his big beard going down, you know, going down to like his chest, right, yeah. and bringing out all the wenches with him and throwing them into the snow. Okay, you know, I, I picture Jurgen. I think Jurgen might be the exception. But we can we, party with Jurgen if we hang out with Jurgen. Okay. I'll even grow a beard for the occasion. Really. <laughs> <laughs> One of my scraggly pubic hair Jew beards. I don't know. Your dad has a magnificent beard. He does have a nice beard. Up, you know, I might be able to do it. I, It'd I'm, be like one of those weird square Jew beards, though. It, but, but, or like but, maybe the double one, you know, the double spike that comes down that you pull on while you're co- contemplating the Torah. Actually, that's a good idea. Yeah. I should do that. I'd be into that. Shall I jump into the snow with this naked woman? <laughs> or shall I sit here and drink my beer? <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I need a beard to contemplate that you, thing. Man. So we got a... Uh, are in. What's, uh, what's uh, call number two? Hey, this is uh, Paramedic 84 from the forum. Uh, I'll try to make this quick for you. But- uh, this is for all the females on the forum. Uh, the guy with the abs. <laughs> I mean, we all, have, we all have abs, but not like... Good abs. Wait, is this the guy that kind of looks like he's like from the Jersey Shore? He's got like, you know, really ripped abs in his avatar. Yeah, that's the guy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Does he sound like he's from the Jersey Shore? What? Uh, I've only listened to like seven seconds. Just from the beginning, though, it's, yeah, just it's like, true. "Hello, sick and wrong. This is a situation." Yeah, right. You might be right, but I think he's in Chicago. But he could be a transplant, you know. But uh, I work in Chicago, so I got some stories. Uh, This one happened when I was uh, in paramedic school, actually. So I was doing clinical time in the emergency room. And um, we got this homeless guy came in. Uh, Comes in all the time. We knew who he was. He's uh, addicted to opiates, so he just wanted his fucking painkillers. So he comes into the ER, and uh, he's just telling us, Oh, my dick. Oh, my dick hurts. And, you know, the doctor knows who he is, I know who he is, all the nurses know him, so we're just like, fuck off, let him sit in the room for a while. But um, he just keeps bitching about his dick, and he keeps going to the bathroom and then coming back, and the bathroom and then back to his room, and just, oh. What do you do in that situation as, like, a medical care provider? It's like you have this hospital here that's obviously caters to anybody. Well, they all, can- they, they all cater to anybody. Okay, but I mean. That's, that's the rule. So let's say you're a resident or a paramedic in training, and it, you know this homeless guy's like, "When you guys got to look at my dick? Mm. What are you gonna do? Um, quit? <laughs> Rock paper scissors for sure. You can. I think they can send him to another hospital, but you can't just be like, get the fuck out of here. But I mean, one the of the, one of those one of those doctors, paramedics, nurses is going to have to look at that man's member, right? And it's going to be disgusting. They'll never be able to unsee that. I think the whole point of residency, you know, how you have to, like, do a certain number of hours in a hospital getting paid shit. To prepare yourself for this type of thing? Just look at as many homeless dicks as possible so you're desensitized. (laughs) And maybe a whole homeless beaver or two or 500. You're just like, okay, another homeless dick. Let's see it. Yeah. Oh, my God, that is a bad one. But not that bad. Whereas you or I would pass out. Yeah. Oh, my dick. Oh, my fucking dick. So, finally, you know, we're like, okay, what the fuck? So, we go into his room. We're like, all right, drop your pants. Dude drops his pants, and uh, his dick is just hemorrhaging blood. Like, I'm not I'm not talking, like, dripping blood. I'm, I'm talking, like, 
faucet maybe turned a quarter of the way on. Like there's. I would say you know like the elevator scene from The Shining. <laughs> I'm picturing That's more funny. like the monster penis from a Guar concert, just spraying. Right. Sputum and blood and aggressively, pus. yeah. yeah. The cuttlefish of Cthulhu. There's blood pouring out of the guy's dick. Um, you know, we're like, holy shit! We, we start to clamp it. We're looking into this. We, we find that's it. just scary. They clamped it. <laughs> Don't clamp my dick, bro. <laughs> I, I like how he uses. I mean, in that situation, is that what you do? It's like get the clamper. Yeah. Yeah, you just clamp the end of it. I think you. So do. what happens? I, I picture like almost like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. The dick just kind of blowing up, blowing up, like a hose, like yeah, a garden hose, like garden a Bugs hose. Bunny cartoon. Yeah, I think you're right. We finally get that out of it. What happened? Um, the dude took a wire coat hanger, unfolded it, and then stabbed himself in the fucking dick hole like fifty <sighs> times because he wanted us to uh, give him fucking pain meds. Oh my god! So mm-hmm. he he heard something, made himself hemorrhage, so we're like, okay, dude, you need surgery. We're calling the urologist. So we call the urologist who's there at the hospital because it's a level one trauma, you know, everyone's at the hospital. Right. Now, if the paramedic and the regular ER doctor have seen, you know, 500 homeless cocks, the, the urologist, urologist has seen 5,000. Especially one that works at, like, the uh, emergency medical unit. Yeah. So as we're calling this urologist, the fucker just books it runs out of the hospital because uh, he's like he says, oh. hey bring back our clamp motherfucker <laughs> I know he took our clamp <laughs> that shit's expensive like, I don't want no fucking surgery I just want my drugs okay so the fucker runs out of the hospital his dick's still pouring blood whatever he escapes um, I'm working again about two months later and uh, we actually find the guy he's frozen solid in the middle, middle of winter on a uh, bench at Grand Park just frozen solid like he knocked on his chest it sounded like wood so um so yeah he's dead now a bumsicle Merry Christmas bye bye <laughs> yeah Merry Christmas there paramedic <laughs> I think that was supposed to be one of the worst Christmas stories which is a horrible Christmas story but it's sort of just good in its own right yeah but so did it happen it. On, it must have happened around the holidays well you know in, winter, in winter in Chicago you know it's 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 funny that he mentioned, uh, it's oddly coincidental he mentioned he saw um, Frozen Death in Chicago, because I remember when I lived in Chicago, yeah. and I lived in uh, Wicker Park, and at the time, this was like in the 90s, like mid-90s, late 90s, Wicker Park was kind of a shady neighborhood, and so I lived in... Was remember- that when you lived across the street from the Fun Church? No, no, it was, it was. Oh yeah, it was the fun church. It was right by that place. Yeah, in the basement. You had a yeah, basement. remember it was what a they, basement what a, apartment. What, a, what an apartment broker would call a garden apartment. A garden what I would apartment. call a basement apartment. But do you remember how you had to go down those steps? There's yeah, a bit I of remember. an alcove, and yes, then the, the place was right well. there. Uh-huh. I remember one year the snow would just build up in there, mm-hmm. and so you know whatever you just kind of tunnel your way to the door and you go and you just kind of forget about it. Well, a sort homeless, of like a homeless person tunneling into his penis with a coat hanger. Well, as a yeah, more or less, <laughs> for lack of a better analogy. But as the as the the snow started melting and became closer to spring, we saw two feet in there, and so we actually had to. I mean, this was right outside of, your front door. It was kind of right around the corner of our front door. Okay, and uh, we had to like call nine one one, and they came over, and a homeless guy had frozen to death in our doorway. So the well, feet, the, feet the doorway sticking, of the building, the feet were sticking out from the snow. They weren't like disembodied feet. No, they're sticking out from the snow. But he had but like there was a dead dug body himself attached. in there, passed out, and snow had kind of come on top of him, and, and he, he had frozen dead? to death. Yeah. Mm. Guy had totally frozen to death. That's festive. And, but I mean, it happens all the time in Chicago. 
Like yeah. that's what I bet you. I mean, they probably find a frozen bum a night there. Probably. I kind of wish it would uh, get down to freezing temperatures here in San Francisco. <laughs> Every night? Yeah, that would be good. But still, though, you know... Then they just all show up in the library, and then you have to want to go check out a library book, and it's like... Just die from soggy the noxious bum, fumes. Soggy, wet, smelly bum central. So, it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny to me that, that, that... I guess it doesn't... It doesn't really surprise me that a bum's rationale is like, well, I want to get drugs... Where they have drugs, the hospital. I can get free drugs at the hospital. What's the best way to do this? Stab a coat hanger through my dick. Now that's the part that just—I don't think he really needed to go to that here's, extreme. Here's some better options: uh, A, steal a bunch of TVs from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Not a great idea, but an idea. B, rob a liquor store. C, cut off your left hand. Yeah, an and ear, a nose. Cut off your pinky finger. Uh, what a does toe? a bum need a pinky finger for? You do need a toe that a, to shuffle around and spare change people. Pinky finger, though. You know, in India, the homeless people maim themselves because to make more money. I know. I saw Slumdog Millionaire, too. I know. They don't do that in this country. You can blind yourself. Still better than shoving a coat hanger Still up your shoving dick. a coat hanger up your... At least your dick is still going to function. Now, this guy, I mean, think about it. When he pees, the urine's going to go everywhere. It's disgusting. Uh, I don't think that's as big of a concern for homeless people in Chicago <laughs> as you or me. But. Well, people, you can call the Sigarong Hotline at 206-666-3846. Uh, we always love to hear what you have to say. Yes. We got a couple of emails here to the Sigarong Podcast Hotmail.com address. Uh, one actually came from uh, Felipe, who I've mentioned before is my favorite Mexican. Um, Felipe's to made the objection of other Mexicans. Yeah, other Mexicans have li- who have listened to the show. But you know what? It, it's like I, th- I feel there's like a hierarchy in in the way I like Mexicans. Uh-huh. Well, you what know? have you done and, for me lately? Yeah, and Felipe's done a lot. Yeah. Felipe made the Adam and Eve promos. He's made the uh, promos we used at the beginning of the show. So, so Felipe wrote in, and I think I was saying how he's Mexican, and you question my assertion. Well, I just it was just a question. You thought he was Puerto Rican. I said he could be Puerto Rican. Okay, you you postulated that he might be Puerto Rican. There was an uncertainty. He could be Brazilian, Puerto Rican, you know, Guatemalan. Felipe's a Mexican name. Okay, sure. He writes in, I am indeed Mexican, and I'm definitely in America. Moreover, I live in beautiful Alameda, California. Probably not more than 15 to 20 minutes from you, and probably only about five minutes from Lance. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, I hope we didn't piss him off, dude. I could already picture him driving, you know, menacingly with his taco truck, ready to get you, Wackerly. <laughs> I'm going to listen for that bell. <laughs> Moreover, I think I may have been interviewed by you for a job at an internet porn company based in the Tenderloin called GameLink.com. That's not true. Since I don't know what you look like, D. I had to assume it was you. How many nebbish Jew hipsters that work for porn companies could there possibly be in the city? Quite a few, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Felipe. Uh, you know, Felipe, I actually don't work for a porn company completely, and they, we do other magazines as well. But uh, It's a meta-porn company. Yeah, it's a meta-porn company. <laughs> but we're also not based in the Tenderloin. So, But had I interviewed you, I would have hired you because uh, you make... Damn good, sick and wrong promos. <laughs> but there, that clears it up. Felipe is indeed Mexican, and uh, he lives in beautiful Alameda, which um, is only a few minutes away from you, actually. You know, Felipe, if you live in Alameda, you're American. 
Yeah. No, embrace, yeah. <laughs> embrace your national pride. Well, Felipe, perhaps one of these days we should meet up and I will give you a sick and wrong t-shirt for your troubles. Hey, and, for and you can actually we can go to East Bay bars. Yeah, I'm totally down with doing that We could hit the days. layover. We could hit radio, the ruby room. I'm totally down for doing that one of these days. Baggies by the bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that you're carrying it too far, okay? Because i got to get back to the city. Smitty's right. Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Felipe. We do appreciate all your hard work. We also got an email here from 10 O'Clock Robot from the forums. He writes in, Hey, guys, I'm working my way through the podcast, and I was just listening to the email section of episode 183. Yes. Where some chick from Hawaii was talking about her dad's sick stories from the hospital. You guys wondered aloud if doctors came home and talked about sick stories to their family. You know, I talk about sick stories from the podcast with my girlfriends. Maybe that's why I'm single. But anyway, but you that's know, not it's, a, that's not a family. That's not like with your six-year-old daughter. Okay, I guess I give. That was the, the point. Well, we were wondering whether or not, like, they sit around the dinner table, right. you know, eating you, ham eating green and green bean casserole and ham, and, and you know, mashed potatoes, and say, "Well, honey, I, uh, this homeless guy came, guy in, came in and, and <laughs> shoved a head coat hanger right through his penis, right through his cock hole, just again and again and again, <laughs> blood spurting everywhere. We had to clamp him. Can you oh, pass me you the ketchup? Clamp him, honey. <laughs> Uh, He writes in, I can confirm that my dad worked at a hospital, and he'd come home and tell us about all his disgusting stories. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, He was a nurse anesthetist, the guy who puts you to sleep. Right. He used to work at the Baltimore Emergency Hospital as part of the shock trauma unit in ER years ago. Yeah. Baltimore. 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 Uh, And would come home and gross us out completely. A couple stories that still stand out include a guy who had a 10-inch serrated blade sticking out of his skull, but was still coherent. He ended up living through surgery, but it took them almost a day of surgery to remove it. Others include a drug gang member with 10 bullet wounds who lived, and the victim with one wound who died. The worst was the time where... his father was actually in surgery with a gang member. And in the middle of the surgery, a rival gang came in and shot the guy up and finished the job. <laughs> Way to go, hospital <laughs> security team. Anyway, keep up the great work. 10 o'clock robot. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? Don't they have like uh, people on staff that are supposed to take care of that kind of thing? Supposedly. I was uh, going through a hospital once for work, just doing some weird survey, and uh, the guy walked me through this room, and he was like, well, I think it's over here. We were trying to go to some other room. Oh, I think it's through this door, then that door. Okay, so we open the door, and there's two sheriffs and some like comatose gangbanger guy with like tubes coming up out of him every which way, and I was like... Yeah, let's move through here quickly. Yeah. <laughs> me the fuck okay, out. We shouldn't hang out here. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea, though, that the uh, the gangbangers are like, so how many times did you shoot him? I shot him 20 times, yo. It's like, he didn't die, though. He's in the emergency room. Well, we got to go finish the job. 25 times, <laughs> nigga. Just boom, boom, boom. Blat, blat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is the do- what do the doctors do in that situation? Just kind of lean back and be like, all right, well, okay. surgery's done now. Well, we've got uh, the 10th and the 9th and the 19th bullet out of the 20th. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and the 21st, and here comes the 22nd. Uh, anybody else coming in? Seriously? You hey, done? Are you done? <laughs> hey, nurse, bring a clamp. A couple clamps. I'll, stat. Go a, I'll go get a bagel <laughs> until you're finished. People, you can email Sick and Wrong at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Uh, well, people, if you haven't already, 
Uh, now's a good time to join up on the Sick and Wrong Forum. I know there's been a lot of action recently going on there. We got like almost 4,000 people. It's a whole burgeoning, not even a burgeoning, there's an existent Sick and Wrong community. It's metastasized. It has metastasized recently. I don't even know what that means, but it seems a But it has. But uh, did you hear that intro at the beginning of the show, the Tambourine Twins? Yeah. The only reason, The only reason I chose to include that here for this show is to prove that there are actually real females. Two of Called them. Called the Tambourine with a Twins. With a joint account. It sounded a little like Duramater, but you pointed out that it's from a different area code. So it's not Duramater. It's two yeah. new female listeners. So, hey, guys, assholes, don't scare them off. Well, what's funny Feel is... Feel free to ask them to post their tits, but... Did you see in their intro section, like, we're the Tambourine Twins, and everyone's like, troll, <laughs> you know, you're a dude. Nobody it's like, show us your tits yeah, or get right. the fuck out. And Show us your fucking tambourine, bitches. I, I think it's like none other than Rusty Nails. Yes. Posted that that uh, that uh, it was like a, a handy a handy boob boob alignment guy. I would call it. <laughs> but it was very descriptive and definitive and helpful. Should, yeah, it should be used for all future you know posters. You know, New I think posters. it's like for any. I mean, there's many reasons to join up with the sick and wrong forum, but I think the main reason is just to meet chicks. But people, there's a lot happening on the Sick and Wrong Forum, so uh, go check it out. You can link to it right off the main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to Sick and Wrong on iTunes. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, gives us really good exposure. You know, uh, BK actually wrote in, who I haven't heard from in a long time. Uh, but BK wrote in, he says, I want to let you know I'm still here listening to every episode. On the Christmas podcast, you complain that iTunes doesn't give you any love. But I checked the iTunes store, and in the UK, your list is number five. Yeah. The five featured comedy podcasts of Jonathan Ross, Matt Berry, The Onion, and Will Ferrell. Matt Berry? Yep. We're I'm beating Matt Berry. He writes, I don't know. I don't want to be. Uh, that's arrogant. We're in the same league. As in Matt the Barry. same league. <laughs> in the same league. In the same league as Jonathan Ross. That's pretty amazing. I don't know who that is. He writes me, fuck me with a shitty stick. That's amazing. Love, BK. Thank you, BK, and uh, happy new year to you. Also, uh, make sure you buy a Sick and Wrong t-shirt. Right now, you should sign up for the Sick and Wrong Army, also called the Swarm. Uh, best way to support the show, and uh, not to mention, you really, uh, you really are actually helping us out by being a walking advertisement. We do appreciate that. So go buy yourself a Sick and Wrong tee at the Sick and Wrong store, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by Molly. She writes, you guys should have ended the Christmas show with this song. Run, Rudolph, Run, sung by Lemmy Kilmister. Mm. It's from the album We Wish You a Metal Christmas and a Headbanging New Year. It's like a metal Christmas song compilation. I'm not familiar with that album, but I feel like I should be. Well, you know what? This is the reason I feel like I should be. is because Dio is also on it, and he sings God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. <laughs> I, I don't I, even I, want to try and do the impression <laughs> that would sound like because it's probably even more awesome than I can imagine. Anyway, I love the show. Love you guys. Happy fucking New Year, bitches. Molly. So thank you, Molly. We're going to end the show here with Run, Rudolph, Run, sung by Lemmy is the sick and wrong yeah. song of the week. We're in the holiday no man's land. Eye of the hurricane. So it's, it's a fun. limbo. Yeah. It's a limbo. Eye of the hurricane. So anyway, to everybody out there, happy fucking New Year. Have a safe, happy New Year. Have fun. Hopefully the next 10 years are going to be better than the previous 10 years. But you know what? Feel free to give us a call or send an email and tell us, tell us in detail how much you hated the past decade. 
Because we'd like to hear it. I think that's a good theme for maybe next week's show. I think next week's show we should do a, a decade, well, 2009. A decade more, retrospective. More, yeah, more in particular, a decade retrospective on what has happened. I'm, okay, but are you saying like the good things that happened or why the last 10 years sucked? Well, you know me, the Zen of <laughs> Everything sucks. Right. If everything so, sucks, then everything good is, you know, that much better. And that is true. So, people, send us an email. Give us a call. Tell us why you hated the past year or the past 10 years. Why not? We'll be back next week in uh, 2010. Until then, take a sleazy. Bye. <laughs>
Lance, you can uh, listen up real sharp. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. Fuck you! Lick my balls!